sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. I don't care if it's one game, two games, three games, four games, a week, two weeks. Anthony Davis, I don't think he's hurt. I really don't. I don't buy it. It's Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to Opposite Picks right here on Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM Channel 204 and your local radio affiliate all around the nation on this Thursday, February 18th. Here's Julie sitting in for the next two glorious hours, taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to my website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. Emails, tweets, phone calls, little YouTube chat right here again on an Opposite Picks Thursday with your truly Scott Wetzel. What's up, LLs, loyal listeners? Well, the Jazz do it again. Uh, welcome to the club, Canada. Tim Tebow time comes to an end. Maple Leafs are a joke. Uh, Trevor, number two. Wow, is the NFL cold-blooded. Junior makes senior money. Serena is done down under. And is the Joker next? We'll get to all those stories again. Put your phone calls, emails, and tweets right here on a uh, Sports Grid Radio Opposite Picks Monday with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, as we always do, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Yep, now, we do have some tennis going on as uh, the Joker is taking the first set. Uh, he's trying to go up uh, two games to none in his semifinal match. Big story out of uh, the Australian Open earlier this morning, depending on uh, you know where you live, it started around 11 o'clock or so last night. Well, actually not that late, about 10 o'clock or so last night. As Serena Williams lost uh, to Naomi Osaka in the semifinals, so she is out in her uh, record time uh, quest for a 24th Grand Slam, but she comes up short again. Baseball news as Fernando Tatis, dude, what are the Padres doing? Holy crow. Wow, it is amazing how you have, a, you know, we in this country, we have a separation for sure, the left and the right. No matter what side of the aisle you sit on, there are very few people right in the middle. It's You're either here or you're over there. You know, you're either a Biden guy or a Trump guy or Democrat or Republican. Uh, and the same thing with Major League Baseball. Man, you are either a spender or you are cutting way back. You know, you're either the L.A. Dodgers, San Diego Padres, New York Stankies, or, I hate to say it, but you're the Red Sox, or you're the Marlins, or you're the Tampa Bay Devil Dogs, and you're not spending at all. And uh, good for you, Padre fans. Uh, your team is one of those that's uh, on the left. Um, isn't that kind of funny? <clears throat> so as they spend 300 supposedly, and $40 million on a guy who's not even arbitration eligible, and forget about that. This guy has not even played a full season. Think about that for a sec. He has not played, you know, with the Corona year last year and his, uh, you know, uh, shortened season year number one. When you add it up, 
He has played 143 career games. A hundred and no, a regular season, theoretically, is 162. He has yet to play one full season, and you are committing 300 supposedly, and 40 million dollars. Wow. Opposite picks on this uh, Thursday morning. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in, taking it right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Now, you talk about just idiotic spending. I mean, you have – this is like the Dallas Cowgirls, you know, signing Ezekiel Elliott to a contract extension when they have him under the books for, for two, three more years. This is like the L.A. Rams signing Todd Gurley a couple of years ago. Same thing, contract extension even though they had him under contract for a couple of more years, or Jared Goff, or even Pat Mahomes. I'll go that far with the Kansas City Chefs. I mean, you have these guys under contract for a couple of more years before they can really make big-time, big-time, big-time bucks. And there's just no reason. You're not getting again, it's You're not getting a bargain. I, I just, I, I don't know. We'll get into it. We'll check out FanDuel's updated odds on the San Diego Padres and see if that has come down. I don't think it would. Uh, it's not like he wasn't under contract. He wasn't a free agent. But, I mean, think about that for a second. He has played less than one season, and you are committing 14 years and supposedly $340 million on a guy who could be a flash in the pan. Could be. I don't think he will be. But you know what? You never know. Crazy. Just, just crazy. Uh, the Jazz did it again last night. Wow, they are quickly becoming my favorite NBA team. Without really having a monster, you know, now the Nets have lost New Jersey, and I'm from New Jersey. So and I, I root for the Celtics because I am a Bruins. That's more, really more of a, I'm a Bruins fan. I'm a Red Sox fan, not a Patriot fan. You know, so I kind of side with my Boston brethren with the, uh, with the Celtics. So, I, you know, I, I root for them more so because where they're from versus uh, anything else. But I, I will say... Uh, the Utah Jazz are becoming like my favorite team. I, I don't know if this will, you know, continue into the postseason. Obviously, they're not going to win every single game up until that point. But uh, you know what I mean. I, I don't know if they're going to show this kind of dominance in the postseason. But they beat the Clippers last night, one fourteen ninety six. Wasn't even close after halftime. They won nine straight now and twenty in one. Twenty in one, and more importantly for our purposes now, nineteen one and one against the spread. Wow! All they do is win, 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 win. SportsGrid.com: Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips, twenty four seven, as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering: real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I think the um, the pressure that that the guards put on you. I think with Ingles, with Donovan, with Clarkson, those guys being able to get downhill, and um, you know when they shooting shots, Bigs are going to block it. He's tipping it in, or if they come too far up, they're throwing lobs to him. He's able to finish in the paint. So um, I do think that guards do a great job of just getting downhill and putting pressure on the defense, which allows him to be open. That's Ty Lue, head coach of the L.A. Clippers after last night's uh, talking about the Utah Jazz and the way they run their offense. Jazz beat the Clips 114-96 as they highlight the uh, NBA slate. Here, you're Stewie Scott Wetzel sitting in, 13 past the hour, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Yep, the Djokovic beat the Karatsev in the first two sets. 
uh, leading it to 6364. We'll keep you posted on that. That's a semifinal match. You know, on FanDuel, you, you can still get right now, uh, if you're awake and have the druthers, you can still get Joker to win it all at minus 185. I told you yesterday when we were talking that uh, after Rafi lost, you can grab him at minus 145, which I thought was golden. I mean, I, just absolute golden. Even now at minus 185, he's not losing this set. He's going to be in the finals against either Medvedev or uh, Sispinus, either one of the two. I, and he's going to be much more than a minus 185 favorite in that final. So even against Medvedev, who's higher ranked, I, I would think he would be at least 4-1. to one. So... I'm telling you right now, as we sit here 13 past the hour, you want a golden opportunity, just an absolute golden opportunity? Grab the Joker right now, minus 185 to win it all at the Australian Open. You can get the Karatsev here, the Russian, at uh, 160 to 1 if you think he's going to come back and win this set uh, and win this match and win this tournament. Uh, good luck on that. So those are current odds. Wow, that is a steal. Even again, if you bet Joker now, and you could hedge the other way because there's just no way in the world he's not going to be at least a three to one favorite, at least three to one. So I, I think anyway, um, but he's he's not losing. This is his. The moment Federer, or the moment well Federer didn't get in, and the moment Nadal lost the other day, that was it. All right, back to the NBA. Let's check out the NBA, Scott. As the Clippers do go down to defeat. Listen, it's it's one of those games. It is what it is. Uh, Clippers play without Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. They're three and two. They were three and one without those two guys before this game. So it's not like they've struggled, struggled. You know, three and one's not too bad. Jazz are also playing without Mike Conley for the sixth straight game. He still has the hamstring injuries. So, but the bottom line, you know, you go twenty and one. I don't care again, as I mentioned yesterday. You can play Topeka high. That that is impressive, and really for our purposes, even more so. And I mean, even more so, 19-1-1. I say it all the time. I'll continue to say it. Don't make this harder than it has to be. You have the Utah Jazz on a ridiculous run, 19-1. They had won eight in a row, 18-1-1 against the spread. I, I don't care what kind of system you have. I don't care what kind of hunches you have. I don't care what kind of insight you have. I don't care what kind of tips you have. I don't care what kind of uh, thrill you need. If you're smart, and none of us are, you play the Jazz. That's it. That is it. No overs, no unders, no parlays, no reverses, no teasers, no tennis, no uh, hockey, no hockey props, no opposite picks. Dare I even say that? Shame on me for ever uttering that out of my mouth. Not even you shouldn't even use opposite picks when you have a team that is on a run like this. This is the worst thing in the world for the boys in Vegas. Though they hate this stuff. Why? Because you you don't have to be a genius to win if you just have a little bit of common sense and just a little bit of smarts. You just play the jazz. You call up your local Louis the Lip, you turn on the computer, you punch in FanDuel, you go to NBA, or I don't care what kind of bloppers bunch up there, free picks, this, that, go to hockey, go to tennis, go to WNBA. No, let me just straight to the NBA. I don't care about the Golden State, Miami, Washington, Denver, Philadelphia, Houston, who gives a rat's behind about Chicago, Detroit. Just get me to the Jazz Clippers. And don't worry about props. Don't worry about over-unders. Don't worry about money lines. 
Give me the Jazz. Let me lay the six points. And that thing went up to at least seven last night. I saw it at seven before they tipped off. There was a lot of money, no doubt, coming in on the Jazz late. When we did, uh, now I didn't include it in the opposite picks for some reason or another. I did all NBA yesterday. I should have had that, but uh, good thing I didn't because it would have been a loser had gone opposite. But that was four and a half when we were talking yesterday. Four and a half. And that was under the assumption. Actually, excuse me, it was three and a half. Memory serves me correct. It was three and a half, and I remember saying that's probably under the premise that Leonard and George, or at least one of the two, weren't playing. Otherwise, Utah wouldn't be favored by the Clippers under normal circumstances, not on the road anyway, which is this game was in L.A. You know, if it was at home, it would probably maybe at this point be pick them, but they wouldn't be favored by three and a half in L.A. So that that one was built in that these two guys weren't playing. And that was three and a half this time yesterday. Then it went up to four and a half by the afternoon. Then I saw it at five and a half. Then I saw it at six, and I'm like, holy fudge. You know, I I know these guys aren't playing, but, uh, you know, the whole freaking team out. Then I saw it go to seven before they tipped off. I was like, wow. You know, the boys in Vegas are either going to win a lot of money or they're going to get crushed. And you know what? They got crushed. Jazz win 114-96. They blow it open in the third quarter. Not even close. So uh, no Leonard. No George, no Nicholas Batoon as well. But you know what? They had four guys out against Miami a couple days ago, and they beat the Heat. Now, I know the Heat are different than the Jazz, but they are capable. But that said, 19-1-1. Now, the two teams play again tomorrow. I don't know if these two guys are going to, or three of them for that matter, are going to be uh, you know ready to play. I, I kind of doubt it. Leonard has missed three games. George has missed seven. So these are... You know, as much as we rail on these guys for personal reasons, you know, um, and, and rest, you know, they try and sugarcoat it now with personal reasons. Whenever you say, like, personal reasons, that almost gives you free reign. All right, we can't criticize if it's personal. There could be something going on. When in reality, it's all BS. But these guys have legitimately lost, you know, missed a couple of games here. So they have to be legitimately, you would think, injured. So I don't know if they're going to necessarily recover uh, by the time these two teams square up again tomorrow. But Again, it, to me, it doesn't matter. Uh, it, it, you know, you win that many games, 19-1-1. Just play one game. You know, I know it's hard. I know we all want to play 15 games a night. But ultimately, you really need to decide what you want to do. Do you want to win money or do you want to have fun? And while that answer may seem obvious to, to most, it, it really isn't. You know, it, it really – I've long said this, and, and this is coming true. You ask yourself, if you played more than just the Jazz last night, and I did, um, then you know the answer. And I've long said that if I give you basically guaranteed one winner a night, could you just play that game? Or would you take that winner and say, all right, I know I got a winner here, so that means I kind of got a free bet over here because even if I lose this other bet, I'm still going to win with the Jazz and I'm still going to break even. Or you're going to put the Jazz in a, in a parlay or a reverse, um, you know, or, or something else along those lines, you know. And I always say, I could even give you a free winner and you'd still play something else rather than just play that one. And I think that's what's happening. But if you were smart, just 
play the Jazz. Nets play tonight, uh, just, just play the over. You know what? I don't care who's playing. I don't care where they're playing. I don't care why they're playing. Nets on a ridiculous monster 20-3 and overrun. They play the Lakers later tonight. Same thing. You played just the Jazz last night. You played just the over on the Nets uh, later on tonight. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But, you know, the worst thing in the world, like the worst, it's bad enough when you lose. The worst feeling is losing knowing that the one sure winner you had actually came through. And if I just, you know, hindsight being 2020, if I just would have played Utah, or if I just would have played the Nets, I would have been walking away with my 50 bucks or 100 bucks, whatever your budget is. Uh, so try it tonight. Good luck. Give it a try, you know. But it's easier said than done, that is for sure. All right, we'll check out the rest of the NBA and NHL and some football news. Tebo time coming to an end. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You know, we, we really had some unforced turnovers um, that you don't like. Um, you know, you, you get a lead. This The one thing about Houston, and there seems like them, they're going to keep throwing the ball at the rim. And if you turn the ball over, you're going to allow them back in the game. So, I, you know, I didn't think it was the pressure. I thought it was more us. Um, and we had a lot of self-inflicted wounds. You know you have a good team when you can complain after wins. You know, we all complain after losses. Uh, we generally all celebrate after victories. It's either really an insult to your competition, your opposition, or uh, a self-reflection of, yeah, I know we won the game, but we really should be better. I think it's more a reflection of uh, Philadelphia thinks it really should be better. That's Doc Rivers, 76ers head coach. Uh, Sixers do beat the Rockets last night, you know, 118-113. Not a bad game. Uh, they let their guard down a little bit. They were leading by double digits entering the fourth quarter. They were up, uh, you know, 17 points, and, and basically the game was over. But it's the NBA. We all know that. It's, as we said a thousand times, with these uh, dopey head coaches who have players on limit minutes, you know, they play these guys in the first and second quarter like it really matters. We've seen a gazillion times. It doesn't matter. So the Rockets make the, uh, you know, the notorious NBA run. Uh, and they get it down to single digits. They make a game of it in the end. 76ers hold up. They win by 5, 118-113. They don't cover the spread. But, you know, that's the word. I know this is going to sound crazy, but whenever you're laying double digits like you were last night with the 76ers, you don't want a double-digit lead after the first quarter. You don't. You don't want a double-digit lead even at halftime. You want about a three- to five-point halftime lead, ideally. I, I would rather be up. Three to five at halftime than I would 15, laying 10, 11, or 12, like uh, the line was for the 76ers. Why? You know, when you're up as much as they were, they were up at half. This is a, you talk about a bad beat. Um, they were up 14 after, this is going to get ugly, 76er betters. They were up 14 after one. Hold your nose. They were up 26 at halftime. 26, all right? You're laying probably 11. 
Now, I'm not going to go far as to say I'd rather be up, uh, you know, two or three than 26. But it does just go to show you. They're up 26 at halftime. You're cruising. This is why it's so difficult to lay double digits. You would think you'd be in the bag. Sixers are at home. Rockets are struggling. They had lost six in a row. And maybe you were laying eight. Uh, I see the closing line went down to eight, but it was double digits or close to it anyway yesterday afternoon. But that said, you're up 38-24 after one. You're up 69-43 to at the half, and you don't get the cover. Ugh, that's horrible. Houston outscores them 36-27. Still up double digits heading into the fourth quarter. And then they're outscored uh, 34-23 in the fourth quarter. They were outscored 70-49 to in the second half. And the uh, Sixers only win by five. Wow. Talk about in-game live. I don't know what the line would have been, but I'm sure it would have been pretty high. Now, they didn't cover. so But I'm guessing, or they didn't uh, win outright. But I'm guessing you probably could have had uh, Houston plus, uh, you know, 25 or so uh, when it was a 26-point spread in the third quarter. Oh, that's a tough one. 118-113. But again, it's, it's like I said, when you can complain, and maybe that's what he's complaining about, they let their guard down. But that's that's the NBA. You know, that that, that stuff happens. Uh, Jazz beat the Clippers. You know that. Okay, 114-96. Golden State beat Miami in overtime, 121-12. Warrior, this line made no sense to me. Now, the game ended up going overtime, so it was probably closer than what I thought it would be. But ultimately, Golden State ends up winning. Uh, game goes to overtime. Uh, Golden State down 16 at one point. They're leading by three late in overtime, and then Curry hits a patented three-pointer fading away, pushed the lead to six in the final seconds, and that was the dagger as Golden State wins 120-112, to 112, so they get the cover. Uh, Portland won again at New Orleans very quietly. They've won six straight. Uh, no C.J. McCollum, no uh, Nurkic. He, they're both out. They have been out. You know, a fractured wrist for Nurkic, a broken foot for McCollum. And they're playing great, very quiet. You know, listen, when the Jazz, when you go 20-1, and one, you're going to get overshadowed, and rightfully so. But they've won six straight uh, with basically, you know, Lillard and a little bit to a lesser extent, uh, Carmelo Anthony, who's coming back to the pack a little bit. He scored uh, 10 or 12 points last night um, after getting in the 20s there. They've won six in a row and are now 18-10 and 10 overall. They're, they're battling for the third spot now. And then looking, you know, you got a ways to go for the number three spot with the Clippers. Are, uh, yeah, they're battling for the fourth spot. I got a little ways to go for the third spot, but 16, uh, six straight wins and 18 and 10. And all they do is win, 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 win. They, they were dogs uh, two days ago. They won outright, and they were dogs last night at New Orleans, uh, and they went outright. So nice job by Portland. Washington beat Denver. What that Nuggets team? What a joke. I was on them last night. I thought the, they would rally. I thought they were going to be Boston two nights ago. And uh, Jamal Murray hits a monster long three-pointer to tie the game with two seconds left. And this is what's wrong with the NBA. And I don't. I didn't watch the end of the game myself, so I don't know. But Murray hits this long three, and I mean long three. This is one of those Damian Lillard's, literally about five, if not six feet beyond the three-point arch. Right. This was you know closer to half court than it was the three-point line. Let's put it that way. He buries it, nothing but net, ties the game up. Uh, it looks like they're going to overtime with two seconds left. All right, but the Wizards get one last hope. And, you know, because it's the NBA, and I really do hate this rule, they call timeout, 
they get to inbound the basketball at half court. And that's what happens when you have a timeout. You can inbound the ball at half court. Why do they do that? Just because they want great, fantastic finishes. That is the only reason. That is it. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. So they inbound the basketball to Bradley Beal. 2.3 seconds left, or 2.1 to be exact. He drives to the basket. The defender, I'm not sure who it was, just jumps straight up in the air. Straight, uh, Jermichael Green. Straight up in the air in order to block the shot by Beal. Beal runs into him, and uh, and uh, Green gets called for a foul. So with .1 seconds left, Beal goes to the free throw line, hits both free throws, and Washington wins 131-28. That's a horrible call. Now, we were on the over as well, but that's brutal. That That's what's wrong with the NBA. How else are you supposed to defend that? The guy didn't, like, leap into him, didn't pull his arms down, he jumped basically straight up in the air, arms straight up in the air. There's nothing he did that really caused the contact, and he gets called for the foul. Wow. Now, I don't know if Denver had their challenge left or not, but that's why you hold on to these challenges. This is why, as we've stated many times, you don't call challenges in the third quarter or second quarter or, God forbid, the first quarter like some of these dopey players ask their coaches to do. Just a horrible call. And Denver uh, ends up losing a basketball game. They've now lost to the, the struggling Celtics, who lost to Atlanta last night, and Washington back-to-back games. You just can't take this team seriously. You just, boy, you just can't. Uh, Joking had 33 after his monster 40-point game. Murray had 35. You got great games out of Murray and uh, and the Joker, and you still lost the basketball game. Westbrook a triple-double to Washington, no less. Yeah, Celtics lost, snapped a seven-game win streak against Atlanta. Hawks win to Boston, beat Boston 122-114. Trey Young, 40 points. No Kemba Walker, but I still thought Boston would win that game. Indiana knocked off Minnesota in overtime, uh, 134-128. Beasley with 31 in the loss for the Teacups, who got the 30 out of uh, Anthony Towns as well. Sabonis, the seventh uh, career triple-double for the uh, Pacers. Chicago knocked off Detroit, 105-102. Zach Levine uh, with uh, 39 points. Bulls' fifth straight win over Detroit. So let us go to our little chart here and see how the favorites did. Favorites in Orlando, uh, the Knicks actually rode favorites. You can't trust the Knicks as rode favorites. You just can't. They got blown out by 18. Uh, 0-1, Denver rode favorite, 0-2. Philadelphia home favorite, 0-3. Boston a home favorite, 0-4. was a tough day for dogs, or uh, for favorites. New Orleans a home favorite, 0-5. Uh, Indiana, a road favorite. They did cover uh, in overtime, laying five. That kind of stinks if you're a Minnesota backer there, getting five and the game goes to overtime, you lose by six. So that's uh, favorites now one and five. Golden State, a favorite, two and five. Jazz, a favorite, three and five, making a little bit of a comeback here. Uh, Chicago laying three, that's a push. Memphis laying seven, that is a winner over OKC. Uh, they end up winning by nine, so they rally. So what we said, that's uh, four, five, and one when everything is said and done. Eh, not bad, right? One, two, three, four, um, underdog five, five and or one and five, two and five, three and five. Yeah, four, five, and one. Over unders. Let's see. Good day for the overs. It appears. Yes. Um, one and one, two and one over, three and one over, four and one over, five and one over, six and one over, six and two, six and three, seven and three over. So four, five, and one are your favorites. Um, 
against the spread and then uh, seven and three over last night. So I'm guessing uh, the boys in Vegas and FanDuel took a little bit of a beating in the NBA. You know, um, I, maybe with Denver and Washington, the most people probably took Denver there. That line jumped all the way up to four and a half. I would think most people were would have been on Boston. I mean, I know that line had sucker written all over, right? Celtics only two. After beating Denver the night before, you'll you go figure the NBA out, right? The, the Celtics at home, they're able to beat Denver one night. And the next night, albeit they have to play in Atlanta was off, but it's still the Hawks. You know, the Hawks stink. And somehow or another, the Celtics can beat Denver, but they can't beat Atlanta. Go, go figure, right? I'm guessing most people were on Golden State, basically picked them at home. I would think slash hope most people were on Utah last night. And I don't know how many people bet on Chicago, Detroit, and Memphis, and, and OKC. But I, I would think the, the casual better made out uh, nicely last night. All right, coming up 37 past the hour. Scott Wetzel is in the end, taking it right up until 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Sports Grid Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I mean, uh, a lot of games, I second back to back. I mean, this week, just trying to get up every single game and come with that same intensity and tenacity. Um, Tonight, we were a little bit sluggish. You know, I was a little bit sluggish and it kind of carried over. And that's just the challenge of this year, you know. And all of us are trying to embrace that challenge together with the up and downs and and, and not make excuses um, because everybody's going through the same thing. So um, we just got to continue to to fight and improve. And hopefully on the back end, things will start to rev up. Jared Weiss. That's Jalen Brown of the Celtics, who uh, did have to play back-to-back games. And it is their third game in uh, four days. But two of those were at home. And the one road game was Washington. Uh, Joker wins in straight sets, 3-4-2. and two. So he goes to the finals for the uh, ninth time, uh, most ever, in the Australian Open finals. Um, so... Uh, yeah, it cried me a river there, Jalen. Uh, you're making a gazillion dollars, $20 million, $30 million, whatever it is. He'll be making it if he's not making it now. Uh, you got to play back-to-back games. Big stinking deal. God, God, these, these NBA players are so freaking soft. It's unbelievable. Uh, you know, you just had off on Monday. You know, if I had to do a podcast or if I had to do a radio show, you know, God forbid twice a week. Oh my God, it's the end of the world as we know it. You know I mean? Man, it's it's basketball. We're, we're not asking you to build a house. It, it's basketball. That That's your excuse for losing to the pathetic Atlanta Hawks, dropping your record, oh, by the way, to 14 and 14. That's what you want to tell them. That's why you, you're as bad as you are. That's why the Celtics are sitting there behind the Indiana Pacers of all teams in the standings in the Eastern Conference at 14 and 14 because you had to play back-to-back games and three games and four nights. Uh, you lost to a team that's sitting there five games under 500. That's your excuse instead of just saying you guys stink and you don't want to play for your head coach or whatever the case may be. That's weak. Uh, that, that That is really weak. So, um, you know, I, I just got a little patience for these NBA players. I, I, I really do. 
And, and you can't, you know, you just can't bet balls. There's a couple teams that you got to like stop for a little while. Let, let them get things corrected. Maybe until after the All-Star break, but you got to throw the Celtics on that list there. Poll question time. As uh, we always send out a question first up before we do, let's uh, check out what happened yesterday uh, with our poll question. And that was pitchers and catchers reported the spring training yesterday for several clubs, several more today. So we had to throw the proverbial uh, World Series winner will be question out there. And uh, the field ends up getting most of the vote. Little surprised at 49% of the vote. Dodgers got 33%, Stanky's got 13%, uh, the Padres got 4%, and the field got uh, 49% of the vote. I, I, you know, I don't know how many people actually wrote in who they thought would win, or maybe that was just a, I'd rather have all the other teams versus one of these teams, which is what you know it really is supposed to represent when you say the field versus just others. So would I rather have the field or the Dodgers, Stankies, and Padres? I'd rather have the Dodgers. I, I would. I, I think the Dodgers are that much of a prohibitive favorite that if you gave me every other team, if you were eliminating the Yankees and Padres, so every other team outside of the Stanks and, and Fathers, uh, I'd, I'd rather have the Dodgers than the field. Who I mean, think about it. Who else is in that field that really is World Series winning capable? American League, you think Toronto's going to make that big of a leap? You know, Oakland's way back. You know, Minnesota's halfway decent, or the Astros, rather, are way back. They might be a little bit better than people perceive, but I don't, I don't think they're World Series, you know, at this point. Uh, Oakland, the day Oakland and Minnesota wins a World Series is the day I'll believe it at this point. You know, way back when in the 80s, yeah, but now uh, it would take a fluky thing. Maybe Tampa Bay, maybe the Devil Dogs. You're buying into them repeating. National League, there's a lot of solid teams. Anyone that stands out. You know, I still like Washington with Strasburg, um, and in uh, so they bet they probably get the best one-two punch. But you know, I'd still th- I'd take my chances with the Dodgers. Uh, I really would. Uh, I think they're the head and shoulders above everybody else. So that's uh, that was yesterday's results. Today, how many NFL teams? Now that Tim Tebow announced his retirement from baseball, how many NFL teams? could use Tim Tebow at quarterback. I put down none. He's the worst. He's better than one to five quarterbacks. He's better than six or fifth, uh, between six and 15 NFL starting, I mean, starting quarterbacks here, obviously. And uh, uh, he's better than over half the quarterbacks in the NFL, 16 plus. So far, uh, none he's the worst is getting 50% of the votes. Shame on you. Shame on you. You mark it down. Tim Tebow will be president of the United States. Uh, so none, he's the worst, 50%. He's better than uh, between one and five quarterbacks getting 37%. Better than 16, half the field, 10%. And then uh, better than six to 15 at uh, two and a half percent. So go to your opposite picks feed. It's early in, uh, you know, 40 votes, no big deal. So we just posted it about uh, 10 minutes ago. Go to opposite picks on Twitter if you can. Get your vote in. We'll update that a couple more times before we are through. But yeah. Uh, one guy wrote in, uh, I do like this, uh, number 45. I'm a Lions fan, Scott. I take him over golf in a second. Timo had more playoff wins than the Lions have had in 20 plus years. Yeah. Think about that. They have had more wins or, or Tebow, more playoff wins won over Pittsburgh than the Detroit Lions have had in 20 years. So you want to say that, uh, you know, Tebow isn't any good, blah, 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 blah. You know what? Uh, I'll take my chances with Tim Tebow. Thank you very much. 
um, because at least he has one win, something that the you know the great uh, Matthew Stafford does not have. It's amazing. There, there are probably, I, I bet I could name ten teams that could use Tim Tebow. You know, it, it really is a shame he was a little bit before his time. Whereas now I think he would, you know, maybe not at this age and at this point in his life since he's been out of football for so long. Um, but if he could have shown, and he did, that he could scramble with the football, that's a little bit more acceptable now, you know, four or five years after he's retired. But when he was playing, eh, that was kind of, uh, you know, just a look down upon, no big deal. We don't appreciate the fact he could scramble. Uh, we don't appreciate the fact that he has, you know, the run-pass option. He could use that to perfection. Uh, whereas now it's acceptable and almost desired. When he was playing, it wasn't. So the coaches weren't smart enough to utilize that with him. I still think that he would have won. I do. That that one year, I tell you, you can make a Disney story out of that year that he had with Denver. I mean, the comeback wins that he was performing, he meaning the team, you know, week in, week out, down 16 nothing with about five minutes left to Miami. I remember that game as a Dolphin fan. I mean, he looked like garbage. The Denver Broncos looked like garbage. I mean, did nothing for, you know, uh, three quarters of the game. And in the last five minutes, they score two touchdowns, get both two-point conversions, and uh, they end up winning it in overtime. I mean, just like stuff like that week after week after week. Now, you need a great defense. I get that. But you know what? That's okay. You need a good defense with him. You know, you're not going to win a shootout. I get that. But what he brought to the table, and I think I think the Mets are dopes as well for not bringing him up one year. You know, especially now, now they're pretty good. Now you don't need to, you know, that. But there were a number of years there where there was nobody going to Shea Citibank Field. Nobody. You know what? It, it wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world to give a shot in the arm. And I, and I still would, even when they were contending, or at least theoretically contending the Mets over the last couple of years, I still would have brought him up just to use him as a shot in the arm, especially when they expanded the roster in September. You know, he brings so much more to the table than just wins and losses and, you know, batting average and, and everything else. Um, but I, I, without a shadow of a doubt, I would have brought him up. And I don't care if there was criticism or not. Really, it's too bad. He got basically blackballed, right, out of the NFL because he was too popular, which is one of the craziest things you'd ever think of. And he never really got a shot in Major League Baseball. I mean, he did in the minor leagues, but, uh, you know, listen, I've seen worse players get called up to the majors and, and do well in the majors and not do – I mean, look at – hey, listen, take out Aaron Judge's minor league numbers. All right, you, you tell me you see a guy that can hit 40, 50 home runs and bat uh, 290 with the with the minor league numbers he put up. They're, they're mediocre. He hit like 10, 15 home runs in the minors. You know, until he sat on some needles at Stanky Stadium, you know, he was not hitting home runs in the minor leagues. He wasn't. So you never know. Some of these guys, they just perform better on the major league level. I would have brought him up just as a goof. I, I really would have. So, and then you got the Tatis uh, signing yesterday. Doesn't make here's why it doesn't make sense. You know, and listen, if you're a Padre fan, who cares? You're happy. You got this guy locked in. However, you know, you don't have to look very far. Red Sox fans can tell you. You know, there have been a number of guys, whether it's uh, over the years, Fred Lynn, uh, who had a number of years uh, good, much more better, you know, much longer rather than uh, Tatis Jr. Uh, you know, the, you want to date yourself and go back to Joe, Joe Joe Charbonneau with the Cleveland Indians, you know, opening up bottle caps with his neck. I mean, there have been a, a slew of guys that have been successful for a year or two and this fell off the map. 
I mean, Andrew Benatendi, if you want to go, you know, even more recently than that, you know, just this past year where he kind of fell off the map after having a good rookie season and, and two years in the books. And it, so much so that they got rid of him this year, much to my chagrin, but they did. So you don't know. I, I mean, the, the guy has played 143 games over two seasons. That's not even a full season. He's not. He's a year away from being arbitration eligible, which means you can do arbitration for a couple of years. They really weren't committed to pay him monster, monster bucks because you don't make a lot of money in arbitration. You make some, but you, you know, no one's getting thirty million dollars in arbitration. So you know, you really were a good three years away before you had to give this guy a monster contract. I, I, I don't. I don't understand why they had a sense of urgency to get it done now. Now, listen, God bless him. Um, they've been able to sign some deals that normally you would not get. Bill Myers a few years ago. Then Eric Hosmer, they, they, I think they overpaid for him. Uh, you know, Manny Machado, they actually probably got a good deal looking back on the Machado deal last year, 10 years, $300 million. They got the two cornerstones of their franchise in Machado and Tatis. I get that, but wow. You better. And here's a guy that, you know, it's not exactly like he's hitting 330. Uh, with 45 home runs, Tatis Jr. You know, we know the flair. We know the bat flip. Uh, you know, we know all that stuff. But, it, again, it, it's not like uh, he's hitting 330 with 35 home runs and 115 RBIs in two seasons. All right, last year, albeit a shortened season, 17 home runs. That's that's pretty darn good in, uh, you know, 59 games that he played. Uh, 45 RBIs. He hit 277. You know, there's nothing spectacular about that. First year in, he hit 22 home runs in uh, 84 games. Again, you know, that's that's an average of about 35 home runs. That's pretty good. Hit 317. That That's, you know, pretty good. But I'd be more concerned if I'm a Padre fan that, okay, his first year was better than his second year, average-wise. So does that mean that, you know, teams and pitchers are now getting a book on him and that they adjusted a little bit? He's only 21. His father played in the majors. I get that. So he's got the, the bloodlines for sure. But, you know, he went from 317 to 277. That's a 40-point drop. You know, he drops another 10, 15, 20 points, and he turns into a, you know, 30, 35 home run a year guy, which I think is fair to assume. But a 260 hitter, and now you're on the hook for $30 million, basically, for the next 14 years? When you could have just waited a couple of years and just, you know, show me two more years, Fernando. Two more. You, you know, you sign on the dotted line. You, you, here's a contract. You fill out the numbers if you can give me monster numbers over the next two years. That is a huge risk. I would not have done that. No survey. All right, we'll check out our props coming up next. Opposite Fix Series, except you know, 204. That's Sports Grid Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's an opposite pick this morning here on uh, Sports Grid Radio. Just checking out some of the college basketball scores from last night. A couple of uh, tough, 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 bad beats. Uh, one in particular, if you had the under, 
in the uh, Pits- uh, not Pittsburgh, but if you had the under in uh, the uh, what game was it? Uh, Butler and Marquette. Oh, that's a tough one. That was a tough one. Over under is one twenty nine and a half. Marquette's leading it 73-51 with about 40 seconds left, right? You got five points to give. Butler, some stiff who's never seen the light of day, hits a three-pointer. The the Butler bench, even though they're down 20 points, is going nuts, right? Because this guy hasn't scored his career. All right, still, I still got two points to give. Marquette comes down, just run out the clock. You know, they don't have to take a shot, right? But uh, there's Marquette, you know, trying to score. What are you doing? Just dribble the ball out. Just get the game over with. It's Corona time. They turn the ball over. Oh, fudge. Butler comes down again. Ten seconds left. They're fiddling around, fiddling around, fiddling around. Not even doing anything. All right, just run out the clock, boys. Then they get another stiff who's never seen the light of day. Bombs is Steph Curry three. Nothing but net with a second left. Game goes over by a half a point. 73-57. Wow. Two two guys who probably have literally about five points combined for their careers. Game is over. The Butler bench down 20 is going nuts like they just won the NCAA championship because they're thrilled that that these two stiffs are in the game. And they hit two long threes, nothing but net. And the game goes over by a half a point. Wow. Welcome to gambling, people. Welcome to gambling. One hour of the books, opposite picks. Next hour, we'll check out all the prop plays that we had from yesterday as well, right here on Sports Good Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204.